Hello everybody and welcome to a little bonus review this series for Spill Your Beans. I thought I'd do this. Um, we do this occasionally. It's something I want to kind of get into a little bit more um, whenever we do or sort of see a brand new film that's coming out that I fancy just talking about. And this is a case today, um, Spider-Man No Way Home, that I thought I would like to talk about. Now before we get into the review, um, which will be mostly spoiler free, but I'll, talk, I'll mention with heavy regard when I start talking about spoilers. Um, before I do, obviously this will be the last episode of the year, so of course, Merry Christmas. Um, if you're having a nice time, hope you're having a nice time, you haven't already been able to see the film, don't worry, we're not going to spoil it too much, but I will give it a warning before we talk about spoilers for this film, so of course, stay tuned for that. Last week we did a panel review talking about every live-action Spider-Man film, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland, to the date, um, and of course Into the Spider-Verse. I talked about that with Josh Carr and Owen Likes Comics, and they were both phenomenal guests, and we talked about all these films in great detail, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a very exciting time, so I thought, obviously, if you haven't already listened to that, go and check that out, because that obviously covers all the other Spider-Man films, um, but I thought I'd talk today about a film that I've just seen, very luckily, on opening day, Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, a film that I was very excited for going in, but also very worried about. Um, in terms of how it would come out. It was putting a lot into it. Obviously from the trailers, you know that Doc Ock's back, Green Goblin's back, Electro is back, um, Sandman and Lizard are also back, um, as well as um, the, obviously the returning characters from the MCU universe, you know, John Favreau's Happy Hogan, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, Ned, MJ, um, Doctor Strange, of course. So there's a lot of characters in this film, a lot of moving parts, a lot of ideas, and a lot to get in there. And one thing that Spider-Man has had a history of is not having... Um, not being able to balance a lot of characters and villains and monsters all at the same time for one film particularly well. However, this film, um, I think, does it incredibly. There's not much I can say without spoiling it, so I'm going to talk about um, the non-spoilers first and just sort of summarise what I think about it, but I will give a little bit of a warning before we start talking about spoilers, because I feel like I kind of need to, but you have been warned. Um, with this film, it's a phenomenal mix of nostalgia. For someone like myself who grew up as a Spider-Man fan, watching Spider-Man 2 on repeat, as well as the other original Spider-Man films, I wasn't too keen on Andrew Garfield's films, but I did go back and rewatch them and I absolutely love them and adore them and love every part of the Spider-Man universe. And this really brings together every part of that incredibly well. It encapsulates Spider-Man so bloody well. I mean, if Spider-Verse managed to do it really well, I still think Spider-Verse is a better film than this. Don't get me wrong. But this is probably my second favourite, or maybe third favourite, whether or not it goes above Spider-Man 2 or not, I'm really not sure, but I absolutely loved every second of this. The experience in the cinema, sitting there, and there's so many moments where people would cheer and shout and just be so overwhelmingly happy and excited. It, it's, it's incredible. It felt like Endgame again, to be honest. It was, it was like that sort of experience where you're sat in the cinema and you're just watching things unfold, and you just can't believe your eyes for half of it, you can't believe what you're seeing. And to have that in cinema for Marvel this many years in, especially for Spider-Man as well, is incredible. Um, it's, it feels almost like an anniversary for Spider-Man, almost as if like Spider-Man's... Um, I don't know, it, it felt like a real culmination of that character's history in cinema, um, in TV, on comics, etc. It felt like a real celebration of that character, and I absolutely adore that. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to say without spoiling it really, because there's, you know, there's so much I want to say. Um, but I think most of the main cast did an incredible job with what they were given, and I think all the villains had equal time to sort of really spread their wings, really work themselves out. Um, and I really love that. So 
yeah, props to them. I think we're going to talk about spoilers just a little bit now, because I feel like we have to, um, in a way, because there's so much to spoil in this film. So if you haven't already seen this film, this isn't me just saying, oh, the spoiler warning. This is a genuine thing. Like, you do not want this film spoiled. You really, really don't. So please, please, please do. Stay off the internet. Stay off all that. I know you're listening to this now, but this is absolutely a huge spoiler warning. Okay, so... Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are in this film, and I... I knew they would be. I knew they would be, but I absolutely lost my shit. I absolutely just... It, there's a sort of sense of disbelief when it happens. It's it's about halfway through the film. And to be honest, the film was excellent up until that point anyway. The opening was a bit slow, but as soon as the whole spell thing goes wrong and the villains get introduced, it's a bit quick, but it sums it up quite well. I loved seeing... Primarily, I think the best villain that we've had back is Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. I think that they have managed to take this iconic villain from Spider-Man 2002 and... I don't know what they did, but they just, they managed to bridge the gap of cheesy from the original, but also really intimidating. The Green Goblin in this film is by far the most difficult villain Tom Holland has have to, had to fight against so far, including the one other villains that are in this film. Green Goblin is absolutely right at the top. He has challenged Peter the most, and, you know, spoiler alert, he kills Aunt May. I mean... Christ, he's really incredible, and he taunts him. The dialogue is excellent, the acting is excellent, which you would expect from Willem Dafoe. He's an incredible actor, and like it's it's just phenomenal stuff. Um, I love what they do with characters like Octavius in this film, um, as well as Jamie Foxx's Electro. You know, having a bit more personality and a bit more like you know, I'm not obviously not Doc Ock and Green Goblin. They had enough personality from the Raimi films, but. You know, Electro, Jamie Foxx, I think, was really good in this. I think genuinely had some surprising moments that I was like, okay, this works. And then Sandman was pretty good. A bit of a a bit of a wonky addition. I feel like he was kind of thrown in there to go, hey, look, it's another Spider-Man villain. But I liked his inclusion. You know, it mentions his daughter, which I think is brilliant. And I think it's good that he has drives and interests and stuff. And he isn't a villain for the whole thing, which I really like. Because it respects where he came from. Um, and Lizard was great as well. I like Lizard. He's not in it too much, but he's in it enough where it's like, okay, this is pretty cool. Um, I think this film is just... One thing it could have done, really, is it could have just jumped in and been like, oh, you recognise all these villains? Well, here they are again versus Tom Holland. It didn't just do that. Every single character in this film that came from a previous film, whether it be the Spider-Men or whether it be the villains, they come in... And they are a direct continuation, a faithful and honestly incredible interpretation of that villain in terms of continuing their story, taking them all from the sort of moment of their death or a particular moment in their life that, you know, after they've met Spider-Man. Um, you know, Green Goblin is a great example of that, but I think in terms of continuation of story, Doc Ock is brilliant because he gets taken and it describes the moment. It gets taken from the moment in Spider-Man 2 just before he turns good, where he's still... He's still, you know, Doc Ock, and, you know, he's kind of restricted for most of it, but they, they give him back his, his, his intelligence. It's a, it does take away, I suppose, from the tragic end of Spider-Man 2 a little bit, but that is its own thing. You could argue... Oh my god, I've just... This is a really weird side thing. But you could argue that this is kind of like... This still happens... In a way where it's like this version of Doc Ock where he gets repaired 
any sort of conscious. He gets taken from the moment where he turns from bad to good in Spider-Man 2. And it's interesting how this film, he's bad at the beginning and he's good by the end. It's, it's interesting how they sort of flip that where actually he could just fall back into place and be good and it would work perfectly in the context of the story. He doesn't come back from the dead, but it works. And, and same with Green Goblin, the fact that Doc Ock addresses that Norman Osborn is dead, is supposed to be dead. Um, is fascinating, really interesting, and I love that. Um, Electro's brilliant, a great continuation of that character, but specifically Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, which is what I'm sure everyone wants to hear about. They are both incredible in this film. I honestly think Andrew Garfield kind of stole the show a little bit. Not from Tom Holland, but I think Tobey Maguire is excellent, and it's great to see him back. But one thing, I felt weirdly more excited for Andrew Garfield this time out. I wasn't expecting that, but my God, like... He, you know, he, he lives and breathes Spider-Man and he just feels exactly like what you'd expect the character to be. And it's just such a gorgeous moment in the film when they both arrive. You know, they don't meet Peter straight away. They meet Ned, Ned and MJ and they come through a Doctor Strange portal. You know, Ned opens a portal for Doctor Strange's sling ring and you see Spider-Man and it's like, oh, Spider-Man. And then you realise, it starts to click that that's not Tom Holland, that it's Andrew Garfield. He waves and he acts exactly like you'd expect him to. And it's amazing because it's like so many years and so many weird controversies and things gone but he comes back andrew garfield and toby Maguire. they both feel like spider-man toby Maguire feels like spider-man in about 15 years time which is where he would be andrew garfield talks about his spider-man obviously how gwen stacy died and he's sort of moved on he's moved past it like these things still happened um but they've developed since then it's not like they're being picked up from the end of their last film it's not like toby Maguire's being picked up from the end of spider-man 3 he's been picked up from about 15 years after and there's a lovely like line about mj and his universe and how like it's still a bit complicated there um but yeah there's a fantastic continuation of all these characters and i think some of the best moments for me i think were that when they first appeared um mj uh, mj um and may's death i think was incredible the use of the great power comes great responsibility line using that with toby mcguire's spider-man like there's so many points in this film where i nearly teared up and i tell you what the weirdly the most emotional bit of this film for me was andrew garfield uh, his Spider-Man catching MJ as she fell. To Tom Holland was almost there. The Green Goblin takes him away. You genuinely, for a moment, are like, are they going to do this? Are they going to kill off Zendaya's MJ? But Andrew Garfield comes in. He's obviously correcting the mistake that he wasn't able to do with Gwen Stacy. He stands there holding MJ, still alive. And, like, there's a moment where Andrew Garfield starts to tear up. And, oh my god, like, I was... That hit me. That really, really hit me. And I'm not a huge fan of Amazing Spider-Man 2, but my God, it got me. And I think that's what this film does perfectly. It takes together all the parts of Spider-Man and it brings it all together in one film in a weirdly coherent way. It feels natural. It feels right. And like, I love what it does with all of these characters. It feels like a direct continuation of all of it. And I think it fits perfectly. The worry about bringing stuff back that we recognise is that it might shaft it. It might make it feel a bit weird and... It doesn't work in the continuity. It might affect the original, but I don't think this film affects any of the original films. I think it contributes to them. I think it adds on a bonus track. If you don't like this film, you don't like what it does to the characters, you don't have to include it in your canon. It still works without it. But if you want to, then there's a great little bonus thing to see all these characters again. And what I will say is, for example, the Green Goblin, I think is miles better than he was in the original film. I love him in the original film, but he was a bit cheesy. It's admitted, you know, but in this, he's a proper, proper villain. He's scary, Willem Dafoe, and I think, actually, you hate him by the end of the film. I want him to die, you know? He's a dickhead, <laughs> and I absolutely love that. Um, 
And Jamie Foxx is great as well. I, I, I felt a bit less with him because I'm not I'm not too keen on his character, but I like what they did anyway. Um, it's just great to see all these people back, and it's great to see it all work and come together. And I can't believe Sony and Marvel were able to pull this off because they're not usually able to pull off such huge, expansive projects with loads of different characters and stuff in. You get a little post-credit scene with Venom and the possible symbiote in the future. But one thing I will say on a final sort of spoilery note, obviously Tom Holland's Spider-Man's um, universe, the MCU, everyone is wiped to the knowledge of Peter Parker being Spider-Man and Peter Parker generally. No one can remember him, including MJ and Ned um, and Happy Hogan and all the Avengers, which is a perfect place for me. Um... Because I think one of the common criticisms with the MCU is that he's too integrated into the MCU. So he's too much of like the, the Avengers sidekick or he's too invested in the Stark tech. It's not, he's not the sort of like, the sort of everyday hero you, you, you sort of expect from Spider-Man. But you know what? At the end of this film puts that together. It rounds off this trilogy making him the Spider-Man that we know and love from the original Maguire films and Amazing Spider-Man where he's, he moves into a flat by himself in the middle of the city He's sort of used a sewing machine to make his own suit. And he wears his brand new handmade suit with probably a little bit of start tech in there, but probably not too much. And he swings about the city on a big final swing through New York City where he's living. And there it is. The Avengers don't know who he is. His friends don't know who he is. That's probably going to be part of the romance story for the next part, wherever they do another Spider-Man film or continue it. They probably will continue it. They've already said they're going to do another trilogy, and I'm so excited to see that because they'll probably continue the love stuff with trying to work out, trying to get MJ to remember Peter Parker, but also being able to explore new and interesting villains in that lens of Peter Parker's in New York City. You know, he's in New York City. He's part of that, and, like, they've managed to do the MCU stuff, they've managed to do the Avengers stuff, he's been into space, he's fought Thanos, he's done all that, but now he is the Spider-Man we know and love, he's grown up, he's not a kid anymore, and I absolutely love that as a final note to end on. You get hints about Venom, potentially in the future, like an MCU version of the Venom, not Tom Hardy, which is interesting. Um, and I think, like, it's, you know, it, it's, it's just exciting, there's a lot of future hope, and obviously there's references of potential, um, in the Hawkeye episode today, there was obviously the reference of Kingpin, so who knows? There's two villains there already for future films if they want to do it. This is just a perfect way to wrap up this trilogy in the MCU, setting up the multiverse for future films, but also giving Spider-Man his own new lens to really feel like the Spider-Man we know and love. Um, that's the best way I can describe it, really, but it is brilliant, and I have to say... It might not be perfect. I need to give this a rewatch, but I have to say, in terms of a cinema experience, in terms of being a Spider-Man fan since I was a kid, you know, Spider-Man Two being one of my most rewatched films as a kid, I absolutely loved every second of this. Um, and when it gets into full swing, no pun intended, it it really, really captures that that Spider-Man-y feeling. You know, it's the Spider-Man film I've always kind of wanted, and it's a Spider-Man film that I know I'm going to be buying on 4K Steelbook. And I'm going to keep rewatching in the future. It's just a love letter to everything that's come before. And as someone who, you know, grew up in that generation of people who loved those films as a kid and, and, and has grown to watch every other Spider-Man film since, seeing it all come together in this big sort of endgame style thing in a way that I never thought we'd ever see on screen is so emotional and brilliant. Like I, I genuinely, even talking about it, I feel myself tearing up a little bit because it's such a fantastic experience. And like, I... I'm so happy that I've got to to be here now and as a Spider-Man fan and to see this film and to to experience it. I think 
it's just incredible. And I hope if you haven't seen it already, you haven't listened to all these spoilers because it might ruin it a little bit. But even if you have, God, re- you know, just watch it. It's fantastic. And I'm so excited to jump back on and rewatch it um, the next time I can in cinema. It's it's going to be amazing. And yeah, this might actually be my favourite MCU film in terms of emotional resonance, in terms of what it's given me as a viewer and what it's made me feel. In terms of emotional impact, I don't know if an MCU film's hit me more than this. I loved Endgame and I quite like Far From Home, but this absolutely just takes the cake for me in terms of quality. It is absolutely stunningly good and it's such a love letter to the superhero films of the last 20 years and you know i love it for that so yeah thank you so much for listening to my little mini review of spider-man no way home um, i really hope you've enjoyed this and i really hope you've enjoyed um our series on spill your beans this year i've put a lot of time and effort into it and i've got a lot of episodes out there so i'm really proud of what we managed to do um if you haven't already checked out any of the other episodes from this series or even the first series please consider checking them out there's a lot of great stuff in there including of course some stuff from um, london film festival talking about the french dispatch last night in soho the lost daughter which comes out very soon but there's also some, some other things in there more sort of fan um like pop culture kind of things like the star wars original trilogy for example and of course the spider-man ranking we did last week um which is up there so yeah and there's also some other stuff as well like ghostbusters and and the other mcu films and all that sort of lovely stuff so please do consider checking those out um i'd really really appreciate it and uh yeah thank you so much for this year it's been a phenomenal year for uh, for this podcast and i've been so proud of what we've managed to achieve with it so thank you for supporting and hopefully we'll see you in the new year with some more to go Thanks so much for listening. Have a lovely Christmas and I have a very happy new year. See you all later. Bye bye.